This is Shane Gibson's social media and sales podcast with ClosingBigger.net. Today what I want to talk about is a very important topic, one that I've been asked a number of times, and it is should you let your sales team publish content using social media? And I want to focus on published content because I've had a number of clients and non-clients and individuals say, yeah, we let our, our sales team use LinkedIn to connect. We let our sales team monitor activities on social media, but we really don't want them talking or communicating online. Now, that's kind of funny because, number one, in most cases, it's more dangerous to, uh, you know, arm someone with a couple cocktails and send them to your local business event than it is to allow them to tweet. They can do a lot more damage with a couple cocktails in them in a lot of cases. And so when we look at this, it's, it's really a fear of this new medium or this desire to control it. But there's also a few reasons why you should not let your sales team publish content using social media and why you should. Number one, let's talk about five reasons why you should not. I think the first one is simply you've hired idiots. And uh, it reminds me of a quote from Tom Peters. He said something to this effect that, you know, if you've got a group of idiots and you train them, you don't create stars. You've got a group of very motivated idiots. And I think that that is, number one, the danger is that if we don't trust our staff enough to talk to customers online, if we're afraid that Fred in sales is going to tweet something completely crazy, then the question is, is, is Fred a failure or is our hiring process a failure? Have we brought the wrong people on the team? And if so, maybe it's time to get rid of Fred. Maybe it's time to rejig or rehash our hiring and recruitment process for today's sales 2.0 environment, an environment where people are expected to engage on the web with customers. I guess the biggest question is, is why? Why is it important? Well, number one, customers are using these tools to communicate with each other. They're using these tools to ask for feedback. They're using them to research. They're using them to reach out and connect with companies and engage them from a perspective of getting help, from giving them feedback, from getting direction, from really helping them form purchasing decisions or helping them decide if they're even going to stay and do business with us. So I think it's really important that social media, in my opinion, is not an option, but there are reasons why we can't use it or shouldn't be using it right away. And again, that first one is we've hired idiots, which goes down to really not the idiot's fault. It goes down to us hiring the wrong people, having the wrong process, and not really setting up to create the right culture or an organization. The second reason you should not be involved in social media or get your team to publish content in social media from a sales perspective you have so much profitable business that you couldn't handle another single dollar of business. Your business is absolutely maxed out. Your staff are busy 24-7 a day with profitable business, and they're highly efficient. For this reason, you should not be on social media. Why would you be generating more leads if, in fact, you have more business than you could handle, you're run off your feet, you can't even have your existing systems keep up with the orders, then possibly, just possibly, if you don't need any more business, you shouldn't be getting your sales team to publish content using social media. The third one's important is your product really sucks. If you throw your salespeople out there, they've been flogging a product behind closed doors in a controlled environment and pitching clients and closing them hard and then shipping or launching or delivering something that really doesn't meet its promises, then you probably shouldn't be involved in social media. One of the reasons why is your customers are going to call you on it. They're going to post comments. They're going to engage your sales staff. They're going to complain. They're going to want answers. And all of that is going to be in a public forum. So if your product really sucks, you probably shouldn't be using social media. In fact, in my opinion, you shouldn't be in business. But that's just my opinion, of course. 
Number four, the fourth reason why you probably shouldn't be in social media is your company and culture really sucks. So if we're top down, if we don't listen to customers, if we berate staff, if we don't foster innovation or an environment of collaboration, and we really don't care what the customer says, then social media is probably not something your sales team should be publishing content on. Number five reason why you really, really don't want to allow your sales team to publish content using social media is you have not or will not invest in equipping them for the social web. So this means that to effectively launch your team, what you need is to really train them the rules of engagement in online social media communications. It's not an environment of pitching. It's not an environment uh, of aggressively marketing at people. It's an environment of two-way communications, listening, and engagement. So then you'll be trained in that, and you also need a social media policy to give them a framework through which to operate in, to know what's right, what's effective, what the best practices are, and what they should avoid. Then you need training in the tools of engagement. Just because someone has a Facebook profile or someone has a Twitter account or someone's on LinkedIn doesn't mean they know how to use them effectively for marketing and sales purposes. The third one is accountability in place. Once we're engaged, once we say to the customer, hey, we're listening to you through these media channels, through these communication channels, then we also need to realize there has to be accountability with those people who have stepped up the plate. They have to stay engaged, they have to stay communicating, they have to have benchmarks, they have to have activity calendars, and we need to hold them accountable. So we need a framework for both support and accountability in place. So these are the five reasons, again, why you should not be in social media. You've hired idiots. You're so profitable you don't want any more business. Your product sucks. Your company and culture sucks. Or you just won't equip them or have not equipped them. So there are five reasons why you should not. Now, let's talk about 10 reasons why you should allow your team to publish content using social media. Number one, it's not marketing. It's talking to customers. And that is a quote directly from Scott Stratton author of Unmarketing, and I, I love that quote. You know, I've been using fancy words like social media is bi-directional communications. And really, what does that mean? It means it's talking to customers. So someone doesn't need a marketing degree or a law degree or be the biggest super closer on the planet or be some technical genius to be able to talk to customers. And social media is a two-way communications tool, whether it's through a blog, through its Twitter, whether it's through a Facebook page, or it's, or it's through LinkedIn, one-to-one -one giving messages or posting updates. So it's really about talking to customers. And last time I checked, what you want salespeople to do is to get out from behind their desk and go talk to customers or pick up the phone and talk to customers. This is another channel for them to talk to customers. Number two, it adds value-added frequency. Statistically, it is on the fifth value-added contact and onward that 81% of all conversion business happens in sales. The average salesperson quits after the third mediocre, no thank you, no interaction. In other words, they often quit well before they've added enough value through a frequency of contacts. So social media both allows for new channels of communications proactively, but it also passively allows customers to consume our content, get to know us, and for us to add value. Number three, it opens up new channels. Something that's interesting, something that's been proven time and time again, is when we move into new channels, whether it's new channels of distribution or new channels of communications, we often find new markets. Number four is it can save time. Often, 
someone picks up the phone, they call us, they ask us a quick sales question or a customer inquiry comes in, and a lot of those communications could be handled quickly through a link, through a quick answer. I've set many of my appointments recently through Twitter, 140 characters at a time, a quick tweet from a customer. I've had clients ask me important business questions through Facebook uh, versus picking up the phone. I've been able to send that answer quicker to them uh, miss typical email filters and really handle those challenges. So I guess we talk about saving time. It saves time, but also the reality is if the customer prefers to ask us a question through Facebook or direct message us on Twitter versus send an email or pick up the phone, you know, at the end of the day, customer service is what the customer says it is. And I think that's really important is good customer service is what they say it is. And what they're saying right now to most of us is, you know what, I want to connect with you through these new channels. It also, and this is the next one, this is number six, is it load balances, excuse me, this is number five, it load balances your branding. In other words, we talk about in the web and load balancing, what happens is a bunch of traffic hits a website, uh, it starts pushing the server, and what a good host will do is it often has distributed your content in multiple servers, and it balances that load, that demand. What happens is when we have a social media department or one person who officially tweets, but we've got thousands of customers and thousands of opportunities for new customers, that bottleneck happens really quickly. The more people on your team that are trained in the rules of engagement, the tools of engagement, and are utilizing to talk to customers, it allows you to distribute that social media activity effectively. Plus, multiple people in your company will have multiple perspectives on the brand and different angles on selling to different markets. And so I think it's really important we get them out there communicating. Number six, social CRM is the next big thing. And I think it really is. It's not just the next big thing that's happening. In the past, CRM tools, what they allowed us to do was to write down the data on our customer record the last time we communicated with them, and really all the data in there was stuff we recorded, and the last time it was updated was, well, the last time you updated it. One of the things that salespeople hate to do is spend a lot of time updating useless fields, or that we feel they feel useless, versus getting on the phone and doing what they're paid to do, which is close deals, engage customers, and create repeat business, and grow profitability. And so one of the things that social CRM does is it literally pulls in now information from social networks on various customers. If you're connected with them on Facebook, it'll pull in more data, uh, more so. Uh, It'll pull in their Twitter stream. It can pull in specific searches. It can pull in information uh, from blog search, from social search. So what it does is it combines social media listening about that specific customer with the data you already have, but it makes it a very fresh database, very current information. It's very relevant information. It can help you observe triggers that can create business opportunities. So social CRM is coming, and the sooner we train our sales team, the sooner we get them in the headspace of monitoring the social web, I think the more effective they're going to be as these tools become more and more commonplace. Number seven, and this really goes with what I just said, is it's immediate data instead of compiled and stale data. By the time our our marketing department does their market research, pulls our customers, compiles it, it gets vetted through the VP of marketing, spell-checked, made pretty, and then sent out to the organization, often that market research study is weeks or months old. It's where the customer was, not where they're going to be. And in the bare, as a bare minimum, that instant data from social networks, that real-time monitoring of what your customer is up to, really 
helps keep the sales professional in the now and gives them the information they need to engage the customer and offer them the right solutions. And this really goes on to the next part is it makes them almost as smart as your customer. And so making them almost as smart as your customer is really, really vital. In other words, today's customer, they can go online and research our company. They can tweet a friend. They can view blogs. They can read Yelp.ca or Yelp.com. Uh, they can go through various other channels to learn about your business, communicate with others. And yet if we only give our sales professional an email account and a telephone to really engage the customer, to communicate, to do research, then what happens is the customer is smarter than your sales professional. They're going to have more information and data on the industry than they are, and I think they're going to have a better view of the current marketplace than the sales professional, and that's not acceptable. The next one is you can see the activity. This is something interesting is that if we make engaging customers and talking to customers online part of the daily activity, the weekly activity of the sales professional, it's something we can see and monitor. You know, other than recording telephone calls and listening to them painstakingly, we're really not going to see how well people are engaging. If I look at a group of 10 sales professionals who are engaging, engaging customers online, I can very quickly see based on their behavior what they need to do to adjust their approach to be more effective. The next one, and what are these points? I covered point one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Point number 10, and I got two bonus points here for you, is point number 10, why you should allow your sales professionals to use social media, is it builds a passive pipeline. I talked about that a bit earlier, but it builds a passive pipeline. If we can get the blog posts rolling, people are effectively tweeting, if they're making so many contacts, value added on LinkedIn, if they're engaging in specific groups on a regular basis, we can begin to, based upon their activities, really trend those passive leads coming in, those qualified leads. And I like a uh, MJ Durkin recently wrote a book on prospecting. And he talked about the fact that if you, as a sales professional, are talking to too many unqualified prospects, it's not a sales problem, it's a marketing and qualifying problem. And if we have the right social media activity and we really fine-tune our message, we can begin to attract those qualified prospects, making our projections easier. Number 11, it builds a fence around the customer. Too much social media, if I look at from the agency perspective, ad agencies, and I even look at the sales perspective, just marketing in general, there's a lot of pressure on marketing as a customer acquisitions tool. But what's missed, what's really missed is social media talking to the customer using the social media web, engaging, listening, adding value over and above just the pitch allows us to build a fence around our customer. That fence is called a relationship. That fence is called trust. And the last one, number 12, and I think this is really important, is it creates joy. It creates a motivated, happy sales force. Why? Because they're engaged. They're talking to people. They're communicating. They're out there. They're networking especially for those people who've grown up, our, our digital natives who are, who are born after 1980, who are used to being hyper-connected on a consistent basis. If we put them in a sales office, that person is used to be connected on Facebook, that person is used to being owed on the web, on the web uh, connecting through blogs, uh, using other channels through the social web to connect with their peers, uh, with uh, the people that they went to school with, with former staff members from other companies, and then we shut them down. We pull away all those tools and say, what, well, you're no longer connected to your community. I think it's a mistake. 
Instead, going back to point number five of why you shouldn't allow people to connect on social media is you need to equip those people with the rules of engagement, a social media policy, and a level of accountability and framework to support their success. So I know this is a, a fairly large rant, and I, I ran through a lot of reasons why we should let our sales team publish content using social media. But the bottom line is, is and stealing a line from Jeff Booth, the CEO of BuildDirect.com, who has a whole team of sales professionals using social media, and they're having making incredible inroads into their markets doing so al along with their other marketing mix, is he talks about the fact that, you know, today, if you're not on the social web, you're no longer relevant. I mean, imagine if you never answered your telephone and your customers continually called you. You would no longer be relevant to them. Well, that new telephone, those new channels of two-way communications are Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, blogs, YouTube, and a myriad of other tools your customers expect you to communicate on. And I believe that the sales force of today, and especially the sales force of tomorrow, has to be equipped and ready to utilize these tools to publish content, not just listen. The customer is expecting, and this is another big one, this is number 13 maybe, why you should allow your sales team to publish content on the web from a social media perspective is that it may be the big differentiator. If your competitors sell the exact same stuff you do and they're out there pitching and your staff are out there pitching, the only differentiator is if your team can elevate themselves beyond pitch artists to trusted advisor by creating great value-added contact for your customer base. So this is Shane Gibson's social media podcast from closingbigger.net. I'd love your feedback on this. You can follow, you can tweet me at, at Shane Gibson. You can email me, Shane at closingbigger.net, or you can post a comment on this blog.